0: Welcome to Balance and Beyond, the podcast for ambitious women who refuse to accept burnout as the price of success. Here, we're committed to empowering you with the tools and strategies you need to achieve true balance, where your career, relationships, and health all thrive, and where you have the power to define success on your own terms. I honor the space you've created for yourself today. So take a breath, and let's dive right in. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to make sure you knew about a free three-part training series I'm holding this month. The Ambitious Women's Success Blueprint is going to share with you the counterintuitive way a new generation of leaders are unlocking more confidence, calm, and career success. Starting Thursday, the 14th of September, you're going to learn what sets apart successful climbers from those who burn out. You're going to discover unconventional shifts that bring lasting calm and confidence and finally unlock the blueprint for more money, impact, and influence at work. Who doesn't want that? To find out more and to save your spot, visit balanceinstitute.com forward slash blueprint. On with the show. This is a story of an unlikely victory of a team whose odds were stacked against them. And the wisdom that you can find when you don't let appearances or statistics get in the way of what should happen. Spoiler alert, this is called an unlikely victory, so we won. I'm going to share with you today some beautiful wisdom that I garnered, possibly inspired by a few glasses of fizz, as it's called, after my Netball Grand Final on the weekend. For those who don't know what netball is, it's a ball sport game typically played by women, very, very popular in Australia and resembles basketball. There's a lot more dangerous on the knees and uh, in my opinion, is a lot more fun. So there's no running with the ball. It's meant to be non-contact, but anybody who's ever played netball will tell you it is most definitely not a non-contact sport and women on a netball court can get very, very feisty. Now our grand final was up against the young one of the youngest teams in our competition. Actually I should say most of the teams that we play against are aged between 19 and 21. And we always love it when we show up for a game and there's a bunch of opposition players all wearing their year 12 jerseys, which means they're all 17 to 18. My netball team, on the other hand, has the oldest average age in the entire competition. And we worked out after the game that next year there will be two of us of, I think, 11 who are under 50. So we're talking women who have had a lot of children, a lot of Achilles, some meniscuses, some pelvic floor challenges. And there's a reason that our team's name when we go to uh, comps and things like that is called Labau, and L-apostrophe B-O-W. It stands for Little Bit of we because that's what happens when you jump after you've had many children. So this is this gives you an idea of the team's sense of humor of how we embrace ourselves. And while we managed to win against these 19 to 21 year olds who were very fast, I'm going to share with you three reasons that I believe we won. And this isn't a story about Nepal. This is a story about life. So you can substitute any other's born in here or more importantly, you can substitute your life. So I'm gonna share with you three reasons why we won. And the first one is that we played our own game. We actually played this team in the quarterfinals, but we lost. And I think one of the main reasons was, is we tried to play play their game. They're 20, they run really fast. They can change direction in a way that our minds now really want us to, but the legs just don't move that fast. They jump and they leap and they come out of absolutely nowhere. So when we tried to do lobs, when we tried to do long passes, they always managed to just run and get in and get it. What we worked out this time is we played our own game. We decided not to play the leaping running game that everybody looked at and went, oh, that's, that's not going to work. The calf's not going to do with that or the, the knee's not going to do well with that or the glutes aren't going to do well if I do that. And so we slowed it down. We did more passes. We came forward more. We stopped lobbing over their heads. And the funny thing was it took them a really long time to work it out because we played to our strengths. We didn't let age define us. We didn't let a long long list of various injuries that everybody on the team has define us. We decided that these are our strengths and if we play to them, we become unbeatable. And this really rattled them because they couldn't understand why we're winning because they're looking at us going, really, guys, you're, you're beating us? And the answer was you have to learn in life to understand what makes you you too often we play somebody else's game we worry about somebody else's doing we worry about what they think of us and feel like well if they're jumping I better jump if they're running I'd better run and sometimes that can be very easy in the workplace when it's done this certain way when everybody does, everybody else works outside of hours or everybody else does things this way instead owning and acknowledging this is who I am And this is how I'm going to play best. This is how I'm going to be the best version of me. And as we really own that, that's when we start winning the game of life. Now, the second reason that we were successful in our unlikely victory this weekend was we managed to neutralize the trump card. And by this, I mean all teams, whether it's a work team, a sporting team, have good players And this team had one particularly very good shooter. And if you've played any kind of game where you've got forwards or strikers or shooters, when you've got a really good one who don't typically miss, it can make a big difference to the game outcome. Now, we let this trump card last time get a whole stack of balls. When you talk about coming out of nowhere, we were lobbing around her and she just appeared and she just kept getting the ball. And this time we decided, you know what? We are actually going to neutralize her. And by neutralize her, I didn't mean we pushed her over. We're a nice team. What I mean is we didn't pass the ball anywhere near her. We weren't avoiding her. We weren't sticking our head in the sand. We were always very aware of where she was and we actively tried to neutralize her. So if she was on this side, we'd pass to the other side, removing any opportunity for her to get an intercept or to get the ball. And this becomes a really important skill to understand is where are you working with somebody in your team of any kind? It could be your family team. It could be your work team. It could be a sporting team where you're aware of somebody else's strength. And rather than being jealous of it or falling victim to it or feeling like you're not good enough because of it, you need to ensure you don't fall into their shadow. When you can learn to neutralize that person and very often we've all had our nemesis at work who, you know, sometimes are better than us at something. And very often we come out of those meetings or those interactions feeling like we're not good enough or, gosh, they're so good, I can't even compare. And very often those people who can be our, the, our trump cards or those who, who, who are better than us, sometimes they like to throw us under the bus to remind us at their place that we're not quite as good as them. But when you are strategic, when you become a woman of influence and you're able to recognize, you know what, that person over there is really good at presenting, okay, well, how do I get them on board with me? Or if I need to do something that is competing with them or they're going to intercept me or they're on the other team, I can't just ignore them. I need to be very aware of their strengths and I need to work out what can I do to either counteract them to compensate for them, or to sometimes, you know, shed light on them. We found that by shutting her down, she wasn't used to that. And they got rattled and they started missing, which is wonderful because we had a very tall defender who just got every every rebound. How can you ensure that you do not have a trump card that keeps beating you? Be aware of where they are and learn to neutralize them in whatever way works best for you. And the last piece That was a beautiful lesson for me at the time and something that happens too often in life is the reminder to be very wary of the crowd. So in saying that, sport is a game of momentum and our grand final had more spectators than usual. Usually there's the odd person on the sidelines. This time, their team had a bunch of boyfriends and a few of their parents who were the same age as us And we had a bunch of husbands and a scattering of kids, some who were the same age or even older than those that we were playing. Now, what happened is as we entered the fourth quarter, they're a little bit behind. I wasn't quite sure how much, but they came out charging ahead and the crowd on their side started to get really loud and going, yeah, we got this. And they all started getting, and they all started getting really, really vocal and I remember thinking myself, "Oh my gosh, we've gotten behind because that crowd has gone from being very quiet to suddenly being really, really vocal. That must mean that oh my gosh, we've, we've got to play faster. Time's running out." I had no idea how much time was left, but this is how we tend to live a lot of our life: is always checking the clock, always listening to the crowd, judging what the score is based on somebody else outside of us who is fickle and like any crowd, it can turn on a dime. This is what we call external validation and we spend a lot of our life looking for feedback from our boss to tell us that we're doing a good job, to look to our kids to tell us that we're a good parent or to, you know, for our colleagues to tell us that we know enough or that we've done enough. But crowds or those outside of us are incredibly fickle and they never tell us the whole truth. Now, the thing is, I didn't know the score. And what was really interesting was that by the time the final uh, siren went, I actually had no idea that we had won because it felt so close that the score, the, the buzzer went and we all looked at each other and went, "Do we win? Because we weren't actually sure. And then there was this utter look of shock. On, I don't think they knew the score either when they're like, oh, we lost. And they just went, oh, they beat us? Really? How did they beat us? How did that happen? If I listened to the crowd, if I had believed their momentum only, it would have been very easy to start to lose hope and to have hung my head and go, oh, we've lost it and this has happened and now we can't come back. And all that does is further feed into the crowd or it feeds further into those who are outside of us. So the lesson I learned here was that you have to be really, really wary of the crowd. When the crowd is working for you, when they are cheering you on, when they're in your corner, whether you're ahead or not, you get to take that momentum with you. You get to take the praise from a boss You get to take the well done from a colleague. You get to take the feedback from a team member who says, you know, you're a good leader today or thank you for sharing that with me or thank you for being vulnerable. But just like a crowd, you also have the opportunity to ignore them and know that when it doesn't serve you to look outside of yourself, when the crowd is not cheering in your favor anymore because perhaps you are a little bit behind or perhaps the result isn't going your way. You then get to ignore what's going on and come back to you, to come back to playing your own game, to come back to finding your own strengths, to work out what it is that makes you you and to know that regardless of what happens, you've got your own back, that you're going to be okay. It's this constant quest for feedback, validation, am I going okay We've got to stop the craziness of making meaning where there is none because that's what we do. We look at the crowd who are suddenly cheering for somebody else or maybe there's a boo or, you know, we, we do something wrong and that the crowd cheers when we make a mistake. Well, we can take that to mean when we're in a meeting and we have made a mistake or we've had to admit that something is behind budget or it's you, you can't do this thing and somebody else goes <laughs> and makes a funny noise. That's the equivalent in a work context of what happens when the crowd yell, you know, cheers when you miss a goal. We have to stop making meaning of it and go, it's just the crowd. Ignore it. Focus on me. Focus on what matters. When you can start to do that, everything shifts for the better. So this is what made the difference in our very, very unlikely victory And if you'd have seen us on the courts beforehand, we played a wise game, not a fast game. We played what was our game. We played to our strengths. We recognized that we weren't going to be defined by age or injuries or athleticism. And we're a very athletic team for a group of women who aren't 19 to 21. We also were astute enough and wise enough to know how to neutralize their trump card. So how do you ensure in your life, is there someone that you need to neutralize, which is going to make you a better version of you? Is there someone that you can, I don't want to use the word take out, that's in a sporting context, but is there somebody else that in being aware of their strengths, you have to make sure that you don't fall into their shadow? And then lastly, you have to be very, very wary of the crowd because the crowd is fickle. The crowd goes up and down. And if you are riding it, it is exhausting, especially when sometimes the crowd aren't always going to be in your favor. And I know there's that famous line from Gladiator where it was win the crowd and you win the day. But in life, if we spend our entire life trying to win the crowd, we are going to get too exhausted. I would rather for you to win you, I would rather for you to have your own back and to make sure that no matter what happens, you know you're going to be okay because you know who you are, you know what you want in life and that's where the joy and the fulfilment lies. So as you guessed, we won and as much as we try to tell our kids, it's not about whether you win or lose. In fact, it is really fun when you win and if you're a high achiever, you'll appreciate that. So we enjoyed our celebrations. We enjoyed our bubbles or our fears drinking out of our winner's cups, which we got instead of trophies. So it is fun to be an unlikely champion. And I hope whether you're in a sporting team or not, there are plenty of wisdom, words of wisdom here that you can take. And one of my favorite things to do is to refine lessons and words of wisdom in the most unlikely of places. And a netball court is not one that I thought I'd get, but there you go. Cheers to victory. Thanks for joining us today on the Balance and Beyond podcast. We're so glad you carved out this time for yourself. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend who might need to hear this today. And if you're feeling extra generous, leaving us a review on your podcast platform of choice would mean the world to us. If you're keen to dive deeper into our world, visit balanceinstitute.com to discover more about the toolkit that has helped thousands of women avoid burnout and create a life of balance and beyond. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you next time on the Balance and Beyond podcast.